0: you will not good. Uh welcome to what is technically episode four of the Start Somewhere podcast, uh, but we are going to actually release this as episode two. And I know that sounds complicated, but David, why don't you tell our listeners why we decided to bump this one up and release it, you know, as our episode two?
1: Well, in short, you know, the Super Bowl that happened yesterday. Right. And then, like the 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 longer version of it, as I woke up this morning and I was all excited, like, "Let's do a podcast! Let's do it about the Super Bowl!" So, I, <laughs> so I hit you up, and you were like, "Yeah, but it's got to it's not going to get released right away." And I said, "Why not?" He said, "Well, because I've been, you know, we've been telling everyone episode two, episode three, episode four. I said, "All right, cool. So let's break the rules. Awesome. <laughs> yes. So this one's on me. This one's on me. I did." And I have my, you know, um
0: rackets and winning formulas. I'm like, I have an order and a process and you're messing it all up. <laughs> but it's fine, it's fun. We'll make it work. And you know, we are sports guys and digital tech design people. And uh so what's you know, there's a lot to talk about with the Super Bowl from both sports and business. So I think you have some things you uh, put together in your pre-call notes or pre-podcast notes. So what do you have on the list today?
1: Well, I I did. And you know, another thing, it's funny because this is the first time introducing it. So it's so perfect for like, you know, Broken Order episode two that, you know, so I am the official, unofficial music director for this podcast. And as you may have heard on the way in, some Maroon 5. You know, and 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 uh, I, it, I, I, you know, I'm not a big Twitter person. You know, I have a Twitter account. I've been on there for a while, but right. I heard that Twitter did not like the Maroon Five performance. I actually saw an article in the BBC leading up to the Super Bowl about how people were upset about Maroon Five playing, and it and it didn't seem yeah. to go well for most people.
0: Yeah, there was a there was a lot of heat, um, you know, like anti-Maroon Five sentiment, so to speak. Uh, during the halftime show i i watched the halftime show and um i wasn't you know, particularly wowed by it but i don't think i would i wouldn't run adam levine out of town either <laughs> so i don't i don't i didn't get the the hate but i'm not i'm not with it like the kids are these days so i don't, <laughs> I don't know what's cool anymore apparently maroon 5 isn't so yeah
1: apparently not yeah i'm i'm uh I'm coming up on forty this year in a few months here, and uh, I think this was the first Super Bowl. I actually, I, you know, I've got three kids. One's in college. This is the first one I really felt like a dad because I, like you, I'm, I'm really out of touch. I didn't know Adam Levine. I've heard his name from the TV shows. I didn't know he was part of Maroon Five until like a year or oh. two ago. I was like, Oh, Maroon Five, that band from back in the day. Like. And this Move by Jagger song, I didn't even know. It's, that's a catchy song. I, I like that one. I, I only know two other songs oh, by yeah. them. That's it. And I, I like those songs. I'm not gonna lie. I I, I do. I think that they're catchy. Uh, and I, I feel like a little bit of a of a dad right now, saying that. You know, it's kind of kind of fun. Whatever.
0: Yeah, no, no, totally. I think um, I think you're entitled to your music opinions. And uh, yeah, Maroon 5 could be a little bit catchy. I'm more of a music snob, um, so I'm not really a big <laughs> Maroon 5 listener. I'll be completely honest uh, with everybody listening. And, you know, uh, it's ironic that like one of my all-time favorites, I would actually say my all-time favorite musician is Bob Dylan. And, and he made he made an <laughs> appearance for Budweiser. And I was a little 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 perplexed, a little perplexed by how that all came about. And I, you know, I'm gonna go on a rant here for a second, but I was <laughs> sitting here like, okay, they're playing blowing in the wind. And there's like really only one line, in my opinion, that kind of makes any kind of sense for that commercial, and if you didn't see the commercial, Budweiser's like we make we make our beer with wind. We're eco friendly now. Buy our beer again, and like that was basically that. And that's cool. I'm glad that they're doing that. But like they picked a song just because of like one line. And again, I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan, so I was a little taken aback by that that
1: whole ad. Well, you know, there's it's funny because of course you have that ad. You also have Andy Warhol making right. a uh, you know, uh, an unco signed appearance in a Burger King commercial. I read about this. That was that was a clip from a documentary that they uh, that they had uh, yeah. acquired for that. And you know, in the past, we've had we've had other uh, you know we've had Led Zeppelin you know and 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 of course you know bands who have consented to their participation. But you know, again, it's another thing that makes me feel old because I remember in the past. Um, you know, hearing from, from people older than me saying, oh, I can't believe, you know, Led Zeppelin's music's finally in something or, you know, whatever whatever artist. And uh, so this is the first time I've really gotten like, wow, these people did not, they would not, I don't think they would have uh, stood for this.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think Andy Warhol was like, you know what, I really hope this video ends up in a Burger King ad in front of uh, the Super Bowl 30 years from now. Yeah, I, I I could be wrong, but um, I, I I thought it was like an interesting ad, and I thought, hey, Burger King's taking some chances because there's a lot of people don't that don't even know who Andy Warhol is, right? So I thought it was an interesting <laughs> ad, uh, but yeah, no, I think you're making a good point. Just to, the, to quote Bob Dylan again, "The times they are changing," so <laughs> uh, and we're we're all trying to catch up. You know, I feel like I'm like I'm technically a millennial. But I'm on the back end of it. You know, I was born in 1983. Mm. So, you know, it's like, and I bring this up because, like, there's all these, like, kind of new things that are happening, kind of spurned by uh, what I think the positive things that the millennials are doing that are I kind of saw show up in these uh, Super Bowl ads. And sometimes I get and sometimes I don't, because I'm kind of in, in this weird in-between, I think.
1: Yeah, you know, it's... Totally, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I don't even know where I'm at, but I'll be 40 in June, so whatever that makes me, um, yeah. It's, and and I, you know, and I and I I kind of go back and forth, you know. I mean, I, I like trap music, so you know, I still listen. I still go out to, to I go to Burning Man, and, and uh, you know, I like hip hop, and so I, I kind of like the younger yeah. stuff too. I also like classic rock. Hey, you know what? Whatever. I've always said, if it makes you happy, then it's good music. That's Amen. what's
0: important. I agree. That's a that's a definition of good music. I've always said something similar. whether you know, with all the genres, um, whether it's jazz, hip hop, techno, EDM, rock, there's like good and bad of both, in my opinion. Like there's some great stuff, uh, and then there's some not so great stuff. Even like some like country, you know. So uh, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's, it's it's working for you and it's making you happy.
1: Amen. Yeah. Well, so let's 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 talk about this game for a second. You know, I I hit you up this morning. It's like, let's do a podcast. I'm all excited. I'm like a little puppy dog, you know. I I don't even listen to podcasts and we're doing a podcast, like, right? And and I have, I'm I'm just figuring this out on the fly. We, I think oh, this no. is, you know, we're just in our first few episodes here or second, you know, for this one. Whatever. And and I'm constantly <laughs> asking you, like how does this go? I don't know. I need to start listening to podcasts just to like figure this out. But, you know, yeah. I hit you up and you said you said to me What's there to talk about the most boring Super Bowl ever? Well, okay, so let me qualify this a little bit. Um, <laughs> you did say LOL at the beginning. The I record. did.
0: I did. So, A, I live in Los Angeles, and I bring that up because I – root for my local sports teams always have always will so i am by default a rams fan i wouldn't say that i am like an intense rams fan but i root for my local sports team so i was kind of jazzed that one of the most exciting offenses uh you know recent memory is coming to the super bowl score a whole three points in the super bowl it's really awesome and ironic and um I'm not the biggest fan of the Patriots for very many reasons. I respect their greatness. And they showcased it again, you know, last night. But I'm just kind of tired of the Patriots winning. So when I saw like a thirteen to three score, kind of done in the quote unquote Patriot way, I was like, okay, I'm kind, of, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind over this. I'd like I would have been totally like jazzed for like the Chiefs playing the Rams or even the Saints. And I know there was the controversial play, like probably should have been the Saints, but yeah, that, that was kind of my thought. So thirteen three, I was like, man, okay, typical.
1: So I, I I can respect that. I definitely can respect that, you know, watching the game as a longtime football coach, um, long, you know, football player, my dad was a football coach when I was just a little baby, coached me, and I coached my sons. And you Great. know, so as a football coach, I'm watching this thinking like I'm just marvelled by the the defensive performance. I mean, what Bill Belichick has been able to pull off is just unfathomable. As a business owner, as a football coach, it's incredible the organization they put together along with Tom Brady, Go Blue. Now, with that said, you know what? I haven't really heard many people reference like this. There's so many parallels to so the last time they played the Rams in the Super Bowl where the great offense was stopped by a defensive performance uh, for the ages. I mean, that was. You know, we just broke all the records this year. Here are all these quarterbacks coming in, the scoring, oh, yeah. records, offense off the charts, and three points. Three points. Unbelievable. I really was the held the, the Chiefs the week before to like nothing in the first half. To, exactly. It was, I read a statistic, it was the greatest reduction of a season average. They scored 9%, I think it was, of their season average of 32 or whatever for the Rams, 32 points per game. Three points, obviously nine percent of that. It was the it was the smallest percentage of the average scoring per game, even coming under uh, when uh, I believe it was the uh, Dolphins uh, undefeated season win, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, whoever that was the the Cowboys, the Redskins had 22 a game or something for the season, and and they still uh, had more points. So you know it was a uh, uh, percentage wise. So it was it was amazing, like what they put together, and and Sean McVay, and he, here's where it gets great though. And then and it's gonna we're gonna take this into another subject as well too. You know what, Sean, I love Sean McVay; he's amazing. I'm a huge fan, even before the Rams. So I'm really uh, excited
0: that they picked him up.
1: Yeah, totally. Absolutely, he was either going to be the youngest coach ever or Bill Belichick ended up being the oldest coach ever in the Super Bowl. But what I loved about Sean, and this is why they're going to come back and possibly win it, probably win it next year if the Chiefs don't take it, is. He said after the game, I got thoroughly outcoached. He just straight-up said it. And, you right. know, some coaches say that, but you know what I love about this guy? He is real. He is straight and he's real. And now he's going to go to work on exactly what he needs to go to work on in order to come back and win next year.
0: No, I think I think you're making a really good point. I think there is, like, a level of authentic humility. Um when he speaks, because it's not the first time where he's kind of owned something, you know. When it came to maybe to like a player's stat line or playing time, he said, "Yeah, you know, he you know, Todd Gurley's not performing because of me, not because of Todd Gurley." Like he'll right. say things like that, and like I feel like to your point, I think he means that, and um, as a result, I think his, uh, I mean, I think those are re- one of many reasons why players like playing for him. And to your point, I think he'll still keep getting players that want to come there, get excited, get drafted there. And I think they're building a long-term culture there, hopefully similar to the Patriots in some
1: way. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. exactly. And, you know, and, and Bill Belichick, you know, he might be a self-proclaimed curmudgeon or whatever. He, he's also a very authentic person. He gives it, delivers it very yeah. straight to the players. And, and uh, you know, and, and I I love that approach. Um, I think two smart guys, two, two brilliant, brilliant, brilliant men. And, uh, you know, it was – uh, it was great in that sense, and and that kind of takes us into. So this is, you know, as I've gotten a little older, I, I started to care about the commercials again, or at all, never really did so much when I was uh, younger. But how about uh, Pepsi? Pepsi, you know, it's funny because uh, my amazing wife Betty, she she doesn't like, she won't drink Pepsi. I mean, I mean, I think she's had it once in the twelve years we've been together. Right. And and when we would go in a restaurant. And they you know, says, Oh, can I have a Coke? Say, Is Pepsi okay? And she'll say no. <laughs> like, no. She'll get like mad yeah. about it too. Yeah, it's very anti Pepsi. Yeah. Right. And so the Pepsi commercial, they they took this and they and they and they made a commercial out of it. And, you know, and they're getting some acknowledgement for it. They're just being straight and authentic. I mean it's there. You know, Coke went and, you know, monopolized uh, the fountains a long time ago at many places and and created this scenario and and brilliantly so and and uh, so you know what did you think about the uh, the Pepsi commercial and just owning that uh, owning this whole we're not in a lot of places and people don't like it
0: well, with, uh, with the exception of the horrible Kendall Jenner ad, I think they've actually been doing a really good job of just kind of embracing that they're always going to be the alternative challenger brand to Coke uh, and saying like, yeah, look, Coke, Coke is going to dominate us when it comes to just exposure and perception. But we're doing cool, weird, different things. And, uh, you know, and we're going to market to the people that are into that. And I think that that was shown last night is kind of part of that narrative that they're, you know, that they're going with. And I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, sometimes it's like you you see with like Amazon, some of the challenger brands that are coming up. Aren't trying, you know, they're just trying to be weird and different, like you know, Amazon's gonna be Amazon and that's great, and they're great, but we're gonna do something <laughs> different, you know. So, but I think Pepsi's like the really succeeding at doing something like that, you know, and it's, it's hard to do, you know, because these brands that they're challenging are very dominant for a reason,
1: yeah. I'm still not, I know it's been a little while, I'm still not okay with the Pepsi logo personally, um, but yeah. you know, yeah. Hey, yeah, they tried, they tried, yeah, so. So I want to talk a little bit about, there was a, um, you know, there's a really interesting, so this is a bit of a marketing episode here. I mean, it's Super Bowl commercials, the Super Bowls. There there was some tech stuff too we could probably get to, like Google had a great ad. Well, we'll get to that one in a minute, but I really want to talk about, there's a couple things I want to talk about. It's like, uh, this show on um, Amazon, Hannah, and they did a Mm, 24 hours only release of a show. I don't know if this has ever been done before. And then I believe the full series comes out in March. So I'm qu- questioning, right. did you watch it? I did not. I did not watch it. Um,
0: I, thought that, I thought the ad for it was pretty intriguing. But no, I <laughs> did not get my watch on in the 24-hour window.
1: Got it. Well, I did. I was hoping we I, – I loved it. I thought it was really great oh, nice. show. Um, okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's definitely my kind of show. Survivalist action things, whatever. Right. And – and then an endearing, you know, parenting story. It's got it, has got it all for me. Um, but I really loved it. I was like, oh, it's only on for 24 hours, the scarcity of it. It's like, Betty, we gotta watch it. So we watched it. And uh, and then I didn't tell her, but as at the end, it was, it was, I thought it was pretty good. And it's like, you like it? She's like, Yeah, sure. It's like, oh, we don't get to watch the rest until March. And, and and I was like all bummed, and she's like, All right, whatever. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So so that's that. And uh, then there was um, there was another. There was another. So I took action on another commercial, and uh, this was uh, uh, a. And, and I've only been vaguely familiar with it, but it's Bumble. So I got another question oh, yeah. for you. Yeah, Bumble. Okay. So I love the empowering of women. I thought that was great. Um, yeah. And then, but then I saw, like, just real quickly, they're like Bumble BFF and Bumble Biz. And I was like, wait a minute. I think I remember reading a TechCrunch post about how they're trying to do something besides just the swiping and the people and the meeting and everything. And yeah. so since, since, since I, you know, me and Betty have been together 12 years now, I kind of totally missed all of the swiping of things. Mm-hmm. So I was intrigued. So as I was waiting for you to get this set up, I went to the gym real quick. I downloaded the app and I went in and, and tried it out and I created a profile to network bumble biz to network to meet people you can meet mentors mentees oh, okay so i'm curious is this what do you think of this is this something would you did you even notice it for for starters and and would you be interested in something like this uh, i haven't used it um but i would be interested in using
0: it i met my wife uh through online dating so i'm very open to this idea and When I was using online dating apps, I came in with the intention just of meeting interesting people and seeing uh, and also obviously being open to, you know, a date coming out of it. But I, I guess I bring all this up because, you know, I think for someone that is maybe I'm always looking for like interesting networking opportunities. But, you know, it's going to like meetups is like going to a bar right? It's like you go to uh, a room with a bunch of people, you know, these big networking events and it's like, you're hoping to, you know, meet someone that you could eventually, uh, have build a relationship with in a business environment. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, why not create an uh, online dating version of that? You know? So i like the idea of Bumble Biz and I would be interested in using it.
1: Yeah. I, 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 so I, I did. I, I was on the, uh, uh, the, 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 bike, you know, the station, I, 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 drive to the gym and I ride on the stationary bike, you know, it's cause that's, that's what I do. And, uh, <laughs> so I'm on the bike and I was swiping and I was like, this is fun. I was having fun with it. I I get it. I like, I see the, uh, I see the appeal and, right. you know, and, I, and I've been on LinkedIn since the beginning. My, my username is agency, which I think is very cool. Uh, that's and, cool. uh, yeah. Thank you. And, uh, you know, and, and so, uh, but you know, it's LinkedIn, it's kind of boring and you know, it's okay. And I've been using it more. I mean, probably a lot of the people watching this podcast saw the, a link on, uh, on the Facebook or in the, the LinkedIn, uh, you know, pages and whatnot, but, uh, yeah. So I think it's interesting, you know, and, and I, uh, 2019 is all about like, getting out there more and, uh, why not, why not meet some people? I would, I'd love to mentor some people. Uh, if you got anybody listening to this, you don't need to find me on, on the Bumble Biz. You can you can just just hit me up on LinkedIn or whatever else. And uh, you know, I'm I'm putting office hours out there and putting it out there for people. So so I'm interested. I want to see. I'm interested to see where this goes. And um, and also, you know, the the other side of this too is that uh, you you know Super Bowl. It's interesting seeing technology commercials on there. There's also Expensify as well too. And and you know, a Super Bowl commercial really goes against. Like anything lean, lean startup MVP, all that oh, is yeah. out the window, right? With with a Super Bowl commercial, That's the exact opposite of that. Right. So it's always, I always find it interesting when you see technology startups, um, you know, especially Expensify. I didn't I, I I've known of them. I didn't know that they were big enough to do a Super Bowl commercial with, uh, you know, with with fairly popular. I mean, it must the production costs on that must have been decent. What do you think about that? Do you think it's worth it? Do you know who these folks are? Is that something that uh, uh, is is worth it for them?
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good question, and uh, I don't know to be honest. That's my that's my answer. I think this is super. I think advertising in general, I, I think, is going to continue to change as we know it, and like the whole concept of advertising is literally transforming in front of our eyes, and really the Super Bowl ads are like the last bastion of like traditional advertising that kind of like quote unquote makes sense because you know (laughs) you're going to have all those eyeballs for, uh, you know, one day. Uh, And, you know, so that being said, yeah, I think it is interesting to see, you know, kind of tech companies still seeing the value of doing something with a Super Bowl ad. You know, that being said, I think they're all, well, uh, this might not be answering your question, but I kind of noticed a lot of the tech ads in a good way, I guess we're just trying to kind of tell people that, you know, they're not these evil disruption mas- machines that maybe <laughs> baby boomers or even other millennials might think they are and like, hey, we're, we're doing a lot of good, which I think is great. Like Google was talking about, you know, the impact you're making with uh, Google Translate and uh, Microsoft mm. and, she rolled out their video game controllers and kind of talked about the storytelling of like accessibility there, uh, which is super important today.
1: Yeah. So, well, yeah, good. Well, yeah, that's, so, uh, that's a, a perfect segue over into Google, um, and their commercial, you know, My, Microsoft was great. They actually teased, um, you know, the young, the young, young boy who was, um, yeah. in that commercial, they teased that before, I thought that was fantastic. I got a little teary-eyed on that one to say that least. my totally. dad was getting choked up. That was just great. And I'm like, wow, how how are the times talk about the times of changing? I I I still I still sometimes recall uh Bill Gates uh um you know rapping um uh, with Steve Ballmer. <laughs> uh, with Windows 95, you know, and, and all of yeah. that coming out and Um, you know, and, and it's easy to forget, like everybody hated my hated Microsoft, hated Bill Gates. He was the kingpin. He was like Donald Trump and Mark Zuckerberg all rolled into one at one point. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's it's, the torch has passed, right? So, so kudos to Microsoft on that. That's just great. I, I love that. But let's take a look at Google here. Like their, their commercial I thought was just absolutely brilliant. I mean, I thought last year's Or the data commercials that they've run about, like, the percentages of of Nick Foles throwing the pass. Have you seen these in between last year's Super Bowl? Yeah,
0: those those were fun, uh, but not as impactful. And I think it's what
1: you're getting at, and I could be wrong. Well, and before we talk about this cool one, I want to say that I thought that was one of the lamest commercials I would ever seen before. Like, why does it – I mean, 65% chance that he's going to do that. Talking about percentages after the fact, it's literally useless. Like, there's – I mean, it kind of. You know, I guess you could kind of – Put some percentages but like the percentage he would complete it it was just like the specific instance they used i thought like how is it as a person as anyone is it how do you actually get like where's the value, intrinsic value in that like predicting what they might have done that is extremely valuable and super interesting but they missed the boat on that one in my opinion now on this one here unbelievable like i, I was like sitting there going whoever in google was like you know people might be interested that these are the most translated three translated things every day and and like and then someone was like yes that's brilliant right and so what was the what was the three I only remember the last one um what was the there was three things that were the most translated it was do, do you remember what they are I, I don't to be honest because I was
0: uh, I was at a super Bowl party and I was I had trouble hearing. Uh, most of the commercials to be transparent. I mean, I got to see them all. Uh, so yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. What I got so I was able to get the idea of the ad without like hearing it. And I think you're bringing up something uh, that kind of hit me. It's like they they use kind of data to tell a better story this time, rather than just saying like, "Hey, data is cool." Like with the earlier ads mm-hmm. that you were yeah. talking about. Uh, yeah. So I don't remember the three things, but I, yeah, I didn't. Did, definitely get the story around what they were trying to do with that. And I think that's like the, like in my opinion, anyway, the most important takeaway.
1: Well, and, and, and and there, so there's, um, I don't remember here. Let's see. Oh, here we go. I just Googled it. Pause. That
0: Ironic.
1: Was, yeah, it's like it's like a borderline <laughs> dad joke. I, I I think I'm just lame. I think we'll, no, we'll crazy. go with it. I thought it was. I <laughs> thought it was a little funny. It. Yeah. Okay. So so uh, but every day the most translated words in the world are how are you? Okay, because they're they're showing connectedness, right? Like it's not the world isn't really what Facebook <laughs> yeah, news maybe. tells you it is. <laughs> right. You're telling a <laughs> sure.
0: story of like it's not
1: all fire and brimstone. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So how are you? Thank you. Dude, this translated. But here's the third one. I love you. So okay, I loved the commercial. I was like, oh yeah, this is great. I'm moved by. I'm like, that's cool. I'm not a Google hater personally. I've been, you know, I, you know, I, I like to think I'm a little I, I had my uh, my you know decades ago, my like, uh-oh, we're gonna lose all privacy and everything conversation with myself. So I'm kind of okay with where things are at for the most part. I make my choices and I'm fine with it. Right, So I love the commercial, right? But then the third translate, I love you. And, I'm, and I asked myself like immediately, I was like, oh, that's great. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, people are all in the world. They want to know. We want to connect. This is great, right? Thank God people aren't saying, like, I'm going to come beat you up is one of the big translator words. Great. But I love you. And I was sitting there thinking, like, wow, all over the world, people are like, they're, I love you. I just kind of assumed you would know I love you in the language of the person you were talking to. If you were gonna tell them I love you, but uh, I don't know. I thought that was that was like a was like blew my mind inside of a commercial that had already was kind of blowing my mind a little bit.
0: No, yeah, I think um, I think that that commercial was kind of part of the overall theme this year. I noticed where like all of Mm. these companies were really trying to do one of two things: trying to convince us that the world uh, is actually. Not as bad as you might see on Facebook. To your point, or mm-hmm. two, they were trying to convince us that they're not bad and they're uh, a lot better than you might think they are. So uh, it was like this kind of overwhelming positivity. Like, please, we're good. Like it goes back to Budweiser. We're making our beer with you know wind. We're we're one of the good guys. You know, and no so, corn syrup. Exactly, no corn syrup. Like yeah, that that was pretty funny commercial. Like so, there's this theme of like. We are not one of the the bad, evil corporations. And I know we've talked about this before. It's one thing to kind of advertise it. And I think it's important to do so. Yeah. To But yeah. it's, you have to live it as well. And I think that's the next step for a mm. lot of these companies and uh, Google included. Because, I, I mean, there's a lot to like about Google. There's a lot to not
1: like about Google, just like any other large corporation,
0: in my opinion, anyway.
1: So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, and then I think that if you look at, um, uh, you know, speaking of Budweiser, right. I mean, beer commercials are beer commercials, car commercials. They're just staples, staples of advertising, staples of right. the, the Super Bowl in particular. Right. So Budweiser's campaign, um, you know, I, which I thought, um, you know, they're, they're always, they're always in the top ones. They're always pretty good. They're always talked about the corn syrup thing. I thought was pretty funny. I love the dilly dilly commercials. Um, Quick aside note, uh, both of my sons have a coach, the brothers, that uh, their uh, last name is Dilly. And there's there's two brothers. No they coach, way. I kid, kid you not. They coach varsity soccer at Mills High School over here in Millbrae. And then one of them is a PE coach at Green Hills Elementary School. And so I was talking with D'Angelo and I said, do you do you know, and Matt as well too, I said, do you know the, the coach, the brothers, they're... They're dilly-dilly? They, they are dilly-dilly. They're
0: dilly-dilly. They are dilly-dilly. They've probably heard that a thousand times. I I, I would own I, that if I were them.
1: I mean, that's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought it was great. D'Angelo loved it. Matt gave me the, like, whatever. That's, you know, he doesn't, I don't really get courtesy last for dad jokes from a 17-year-old. And that's okay. okay. Sure. That's okay. Now, with that said though, right? So the Dilly Dilly campaign, I think it's just phenomenal. It's great. They got another one that comes out, and and then all of the sudden, you know, there's like a jousting thing, the Bud Knight. It's <laughs> like it's all great. And then boom, he gets he gets knocked down, and you're like, oh, he gets knocked down. I'm like, oh, well, this is really interesting, right? And then all of the sudden he gets his neck snapped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just
0: That was a perfect segue and totally random into like, hey, Game of Thrones is coming and (laughs) Game of Thrones is going to, and the theme was we're going to destroy everything, including the Bud Knight and Dilly Dilly. So (laughs) uh, yeah, I thought that was
1: like a random
0: and fun little twist in that ad for sure.
1: Random fun, and then and then what's so? I read uh, uh, some notes on it after, and apparently they were they were going for all the big dogs. So they approached Coke, they approached Budweiser, they approached all the big dogs out there. They another concept they'd pitched was having the Coca Cola polar bears turn into White Walkers. (laughs) That would have been dope. (laughs) I think Coke was like, "We're not taking our brand there." No, Bud's like, "Absolutely, that's where we always go." Exactly.
0: (laughs) <laughs> they don't care at all, obviously. No. Like, cause the, these dilly dilly commercials have been so great because they just don't care. It's just so random. Yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. It fit right on. And then, uh, you know, allegedly, you know, and and it makes some sense. You know, the the dilly dilly campaign, you know, is playing a little bit off of the sort of you know fantasy medieval of right. Game of Thrones. So they were they were kind of destined to end up together. Obviously. I agree.
0: I agree. And obviously, it made me even more excited for,
1: you know, Game of Thrones. It's like only only two months away. I'm really excited well, about that. It, it is. And, you know, and it's interesting because with the rise of all the streaming services, um, you know, again, you got, you know, Amazon, uh, you Netflix, uh, Hulu. Hulu had another great commercial as well. For I, I actually considered watching this Handmaiden's Tale I guess. It's, oh it's, yeah.
0: Handmaid's Tale. That, ad, that ad was awesome. That, I mean, that's, that was clearly like the most political
1: ad obviously, but um, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was interesting. And so then, I, so, you know, I was like, all right, cool. But now HBO, who's, you know, still in my mind is the undisputed champ right now. Um, they really need something to emerge here after game of Thrones. Um, you know, I mean, they've obviously got a lot of great shows, but what's the next great HBO show. So I, I there's a lot of hype. And uh, there's a lot of smart people over there. I have some faith they've got some tricks up their sleeve.
0: Oh, they, they always find a way. I mean, yeah, there's obviously plenty of great streaming content like on Netflix, Hulu, Prime, like the big three, so to speak. Uh, I still think HBO, for the most part, is still trumping them on overall like quality um, in storytelling, cinematography, production, editing, the whole nine yards, uh, directing and with some exceptions, obviously just consistent quality. HBO is still doing it. And I think to your point they're they, they know they probably going to do something about the streaming sooner or later, but I think the quality is saving them a little bit right now. And I think they know that, you know, uh, game of Thrones will fill, you know, have a void. And I think they're already looking to fill in. I think Westworld is already kind of filling that void a little bit and, uh, yeah, but like Game of Thrones is just a huge, that's, those are big right. shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, because just there's, it's just like, it's going to be widely considered one of the top four or five shows, probably, you know, at least in our generation, if not of all time. I know that's a huge hyperbole, but I think
1: it's well. appropriate here. I I mean I completely agree. It's it's transcended everything. I mean it's not really right. a show. It's like a what forty fifty hour seventy hour movie basically. It's it's the most epic thing ever on some level. You know I mean it's it's yeah, yeah it, it is amazing. And uh, I, I started getting sad before the last season even ended about this next season after it's over. Right, and, uh, it's coming to know. an
0: end. What? No. <laughs>
1: And the best part is, is that everyone except for D'Angelo and the family, you know, me and Betty have been watching since the early, you know, since it released. Sam and Matt both got caught in, jumped in, and you know, binged watched the whole thing in the last few years. And then my buddy, my my best friend Daniel, he actually finally gave up the holdout in the last month, and I think he basically took a week of his life off and and got caught up in the game. So it's you know, hey, better late than never, right? And it's fun. I to was one people. of those guys. I'm, Okay. Well, and you know what? Now we will perfect. Season five.
0: That's when I jumped in.
1: <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the bandwagon. I don't know if this is a bandwagon, but, but welcome. And, you. Uh, you know, we'll have plenty to talk about here uh, over the next few months. Uh, I still don't know what's going on half the time, and that's okay um you know, and totally. then uh, but that's all right that's all right. that's you're you'll be here to fill me in It'd be great
0: that's, that's what i am here for, absolutely <laughs> so I mean, we've talked about the Super Bowl as has led us to some Game of Thrones conversations. How do we you know because we only have probably a few minutes left for this episode, mm-hmm. How do we kind mm-hmm. of tie it all back into some of the things we usually talk about? I think we've done a pretty mm. good job at that, but i want to want to push that even further that idea
1: yeah no, this is definitely uh, I would say the um the the least uh on script but uh yeah you know, I just got so jazzed about the Super Bowl um i think uh you know for from from my perspective you know one of the big things really is that i mean this is such a marketing episode obviously you know commercials are are such a huge part of things and you know yeah. the to me the the one thing that ties it all in together that you said is that there's something about the transformation around marketing in the world that's happened over the last 20 years obviously because of the internet data and all these things that exist and you know and this is sort of you know sports in general especially the Super Bowl but you know the Super Bowl's like the Alamo of old school advertising yeah. um, it just it's holding out for a really 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 long time whereas television in general is changing, you know, I mean, the Dodgers are worth, you know, what, 50 bazillion dollars, because basically because of their TV contract. Right. Um, and, you know, baseball is a, is still a relevant sport because it's on television. Um, and I love baseball, but, you know, let's be real, the kids don't. And, um, but at the same time, it's, it's you know, live TV is empowering. So I, I think that what's interesting is seeing um, this sort of, uh, you know, in with the new and out with the old, but it's like not yesterday. You know, yesterday is still very traditional. Um, I didn't really see, frankly, I didn't see a lot of. Um, you know, I'm not. I, I, I don't. You know, you say things are changing. I'm not seeing a lot of um, interactivity and, and some of the things that I think people assumed would happen, even with .com one and you know, 20 years ago, people you right. know thought we would have more live things happening and things of that nature. Um, obviously, there's a lot of chatter on social media and, and conversation there, but but still feels a little uh, traditional. And um, so, you know, I think that to me, that's a really interesting. Um, you know, it's interesting times. You know, once a year to really look at what's happening with the Super Bowl uh, because it is the soup not just the Super Bowl of American football. For all our international friends out there making that reference, it's also the Super Bowl <laughs> for advertising as well. Yeah. Well,
0: I think you're bringing up a good point And it kind of what comes two things that come up to mind, you know, just in relation to what we usually talk about here on the podcast is uh, one, uh, the so live sports is actually, ironically, I, mean, I know we're sports fans, like one of the last areas where like real time live content is still desirable, you know, where people want to You know, tweet and Instagram and Facebook real time. They want to know, like, all the trades that are happening, all the scores that are happening, especially for big games like the Super Bowl. You know, that's like, there's still value in live content. And I think that's why so many uh, advertisers are kind of going all in on sports. And that's why there's a $3 billion, you know, Dodgers television contract. Because, like, sports is kind of one of the last bastions for traditional advertising because, there's like this access to live content where like shows and even, you know, reality television, whatever, like you could you don't need to like experience a real time, uh, you know, like you used to per se. So I think that's really interesting. And one of the last takeaways I have here is like from the sports side, is like what we we talked about like Sean McVeigh and Bill Belichick um earlier, is like I think they're both building winning cultures. And I think Mm. that's something you can learn uh, from the sports world and bring it into like the business world. And for us, the agency world, like the, the Patriots have the Patriot way. And I think we're trying to do something similar with our agency. Like, Oh, this is the toy way, you know, and this is what makes us different. And this is what we want to do. And there's a lot of great agencies out there, but this is how we like to do things. This is how we achieve success. And I think, um, you see that with great sports teams and I think you see that with great agencies as well. So those are my big takeaways tying it back into what we usually talk about, you know, on the show. So, uh, yeah.
1: Oh, that's, that's fantastic. And, you know, I, I, I really, really great point. And, you know, really tying it back into those cultures, those coaches, coaches out with the old and with the new and all that, you got the oldest and the youngest in the, right. in the game, uh, a lot of fascinating stuff. Really, really great summary. And I got two last little things. One, I just wanted to launch a little contest into seeing whose wife is gonna make it all the way through episode two, so this is like Maria Betty, the first one of you to to listen to this. Let's go ahead and make a mention or something like that you're a winner uh, Bet, I, I,
0: my my is honestly on Betty uh, straight up because like i I love Maria obviously, but watch his <laughs> sports. Is not one of her strong suits. We went to a Super Bowl party last night and I don't think she watched a second of the Super Bowl. She hung out with uh, everyone else's girlfriends and or wives or fiancés and and um did their so thing.
1: The, so the so, Super Bowl podcast isn't isn't gonna be top tops on her list?
0: No, pro- probably not. You know, I you know, I know Betty well enough now where I know she's somewhat of a sports <laughs> fan and like oh, she yeah. I think I think because she's married to you, I think that probably helps, obviously, you know. But um, she she's interested in like Michigan basketball, like genuinely. I'm like, able to talk to her about like Michigan sports and some other things. And I cannot have those conversations with Maria.
1: So, okay, got it. Well, so, well, yeah, well, she was, she was, she was screaming at the TV. She she wanted the Rams to win. There and, you go. Uh, yeah. So she was, she was, she was, she was loud like usual. And then I've got one more shout out. To the Detroit Lions, my beloved Detroit Lions, we <laughs> tied the record. We have the longest streak, along with the New York Jets, of not losing the Super Bowl. So there we go. That's that is a
0: that is an impressive streak. And look, I I want to keep saying this to you. Like, I know you're a huge Lions fan, and they're always, and I'm saying this without bias, but anytime you have um i would say like a top half quarterback you always have a chance to get good pretty fast and i do think the lions have that so there there is
1: hope in my opinion (laughs) we'll we'll see we'll see i'm not getting my hopes up
0: all right look i mean the rams two years ago or three years ago were like one of the worst teams in the league and look where they are now it can happen to anybody yeah. yeah, I would say Matt yeah. Stafford's better than Jared Goff. But anyway, um, <laughs> we, that's, that's like a whole other episode. So, uh, yeah, I think it's good.
1: Well, coming up, we got some good ones. Uh, I know because we already recorded them. <laughs> exactly.
0: Right. And I know there's probably some people listening to this. It's like, well, you know, I came here for like design and tech. What's going on with this sports ball talk? I'm just going to tell you guys right now. We are sports fans on this podcast. We are current and former coaches. And so sports is going to come up. So when I, just I'm telling you right now, when March Madness uh, rolls around, we're going to be talking about it. When the NBA Finals oh, yeah. rolls up, we're going to be talking about it. So oh, yeah. uh, just get used to it and uh, you know, go listen to another nerdy tech podcast if that's all you're looking for. We like to spice it <laughs> up around
1: here with the sports ball. Okay. <laughs> this is pretty nerdy too and don't worry there's plenty of technology and design and all that good stuff coming up too and the business the business of all of it it's gonna be fun
0: no for sure there's a lot of fun stuff coming up so uh i think we'll probably record we're like we're, we're gonna do our first design sprint in 2019 yeah. Uh, yeah coming up next week really excited about that uh, I'm gonna see you tomorrow and we're gonna do some stuff um, you know around biz I'm gonna be up in San Francisco for two weeks and then one is for business one's for the design sprint so we'll probably chat about that a little and uh, it'll be fun
1: yeah design sprint meetup February 12th at General Assembly in San that's Francisco right. that's uh, right we're gonna design sprint 101 come check it out it's gonna be fun
0: yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of nervous about that um but I'm excited. Mostly excited, a little bit nervous because like I always have to deal with a little bit of my imposter syndrome. Like, I'm gonna be teaching other people the <laughs> basics of a design sprint. Like, am I ready for that? Even though I've ran my fair share of design sprints. So it's interesting. So it'll be fun.
1: Yeah. I, I save all my nervousness to about five minutes beforehand, and then I get over. You're great at that.
0: that. Like you're and like it's black really out and, fun <laughs> and until like right before the mics turn on. Basically, <laughs> it's great. I always love it, it's fun. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, listening to this uh, episode. Now, episode two, but really four. Um, And yeah, stay tuned for future episodes and thanks for listening. Woohoo! All right. Bye. Bye.